0: In recent weeks, I've talked a lot about listening to your gut instinct, like not ignoring those red flags and how important it is to do that. But sometimes those red flags, those questions that we hear in our head can create indecision. And indecision can do a number on our confidence. Today, I'm going to talk to you about what you can do to make sure that you're making the best possible decision, how to break that habit of indecision and start moving forward with confidence. All my life, I told people I was going to be an attorney. I told my parents that, I told my teachers that, I told friends that, and I believed that to be true. I believed I would become an attorney. Everything that I studied in college related to preparing me to become a lawyer, right? So I went to Michigan State University. My degree was in justice, morality, and constitutional democracy. I was part of the James Madison College within Michigan State. I was a part of the mock trial team. I worked as a paralegal. Like this was the identity I was creating for myself. And I knew that my parents were kind of like proud that I was on this path. I knew I would be a great attorney. I knew I was a phenomenal paralegal. But yet, once I started kind of doing it, dipping my toe in, like working as a paralegal and, you know, seeing what it was really like to be an attorney, like watching what their lives were like and what their workday looked like and what it was really going to become, I started to question the trajectory that I was on. I started thinking about like, do I really want to do this? But I didn't speak those words because I was already starting to worry about what other people would think. Most notably, what would people think if I suddenly said, yeah, that thing I've been saying I'm going to do all my life, I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to start my own business. And at the time I had like, you know, four or five different businesses, And you guys know this from hearing my story many times before. Like, I had to make a choice on which business was the business that would afford me the opportunity financially to kind of go for it, replace my income, my earnings, if you will, as a paralegal. And the business opportunity at that time was fitness. Okay, that made my decision to kind of come clean with the realization that I didn't want to become an attorney, that I wanted to do something else. Okay, so here's the deal. I knew I wanted to do something else. So that decision had been made, but yet there was still a lot of indecision about moving forward with that decision. I think more often than not, we make a decision in our head and then we become indecisive when it comes to taking action on that decision. And what creates that indecision oftentimes is the stress of what other people will think when we start to worry about Being responsible for this decision that other people are going to question. Those of you who are born leaders, you tend to be more decisive. You're okay with dealing with the consequences, with owning it when you make the wrong decision. But for those individuals who aren't necessarily born leaders, those who maybe struggle with more worry and more self doubt, making a decision is often a really difficult thing to do because you fear being held responsible. Should that decision go the wrong way? Should it be the wrong decision? And frankly, every time we make a decision, there's a really good chance it could be the wrong decision. That's the risk that we run. Eventually, I went through the process just like I do for anything else or I weighed the pros and cons. I continued to turn up the volume on my own beliefs, on what it was I wanted, on the vision I really had in mind for my family, for my life, for our careers. It was almost like I was talking myself, like pumping myself up on a decision that I had already made, but getting to a place where I was so certain about it that I could step forward and tell other people about it with great certainty, that there was no indecision in my decision. I think sometimes when we've made a decision, but we're not like really a thousand percent certain about it, we're afraid to step forward and take action because we know We know that little bit of self-doubt remains and that others could talk us into changing our mind. When that happens, we no longer have control over our lives, over our destiny. You becoming more decisive is critical. Number one, it's going to make you more confident. Number two, it puts you in charge of your life. Do you feel me? Like nobody else deserves to tell you what to do with your life. Not your spouse, not your kids, not your parents, not your friends, not people you don't know, not strangers or politicians, nobody. You get to decide. It's your responsibility. It's your right. This is your life. You only have one life to live. So let me give you some help, some suggestions on how to become more decisive because it's really important. Number one, you got to think about like what a waste of time it is to be indecisive. When we're indecisive, it's usually because we're worrying. We're worrying about the worst case scenario or, you know, we think that there's a perfect time, a perfect place, a perfect moment. And that perfect moment is often an excuse we use to remain indecisive. I'll do that thing once I fill in the blank, once I lose the weight, once I make enough money. Once the kids are older, once we move, once summer vacation is over, once I know a little more, I'll do it when the time is right. And we'll tell ourselves that. But unfortunately, more often than not, we allow that belief that there's a perfect moment or perfect time to paralyze us. We stay frozen. We overthink it. Overthinking, worrying about other people's opinions. Worrying about the worst case scenario. And most of all, worrying that we're going to be held responsible for that decision. Well, I've got news for you. You will be responsible for that decision. And who cares? It's your decision. Someone's got to make the call. Someone's got to step up. Someone's got to be in charge of your life. Someone's got to steer this boat. And it's you. Okay, so let's talk about what goes into making a decision. Number one, you've got to weigh the pros and cons. And this is something I've taught my kids from the time they were very young. My father taught me, and that is to take out a pen and a piece of paper, draw a line down the center of your page, and on one side you write the pros, and on the other side you write the cons. Now, I know that sounds so simple and so basic, but have you really done it? And I don't just mean like in your head where you've thought about the pros and cons. That is completely different than literally taking pen to paper and going through the process of writing out the pros and the cons. Because once it's there in your own handwriting, I can almost guarantee you that it will be a thousand times easier to make your decision. Okay, the other thing that you can do is to actually think through the worst case scenario. Like, don't be afraid of it. Don't, like, brush it aside or try not to think about it. And also, don't imagine something that's completely unreasonable, right? So if You're trying to decide if you should take a flight to Miami and you have a little bit of fear over flying. You know, to think about the worst case scenario of the plane crashing isn't reasonable. When you look at the chances of you getting in a car accident by driving to Florida versus flying to Florida, you realize that it's just unreasonable to assume that your plane is going to crash. So you have to look at the reasonable worst case scenario. The reasonable worst case scenario is that maybe your luggage is lost. That's pretty reasonable or that there's turbulence on your flight, or that you've got to sit next to somebody with an unhappy screaming toddler or a man with really bad BO who takes off his shoes and socks. (laughs) I've had that happen. (laughs) It wasn't cute. But this is a really good exercise because as you think through the worst case scenario, then you can ask yourself, okay, if this were to happen, how would I handle it? And if this is the absolute worst case scenario, what's the best case scenario where are all the positives that could happen if i make this particular decision it's also really important that you give yourself a deadline for making this decision and if you can't make it by that deadline then you have to give yourself permission to flip a coin or let somebody else pick we did this recently we're going through a total revamp of the website and there are all these decisions to make with regard to branding and colors and fonts and logos and images and buttons and functionality things that I mean, I've got an interest in, I care, but yet it's also not my area of expertise. And I found myself like really struggling over like little things like, okay, is this font that much different than this font? At a certain point, I just had to say, hey, Sierra, you pick, just pick. I had to let her pick because I was taking too long. I was being too indecisive. And that indecision was costing us time and money. I was holding people up and why this wasn't my area of expertise. It's her area of expertise. It's not even that important to me. And I was struggling with these decisions so much that ultimately I had to realize it was costing me and it was costing other people by being indecisive. So I gave her permission to just pick. And I also told her, you can't make a mistake. You just pick it. And that's the decision we'll go with. My next suggestion for you is to do as much research as you can, but also know that you won't ever know with certainty when it comes to making most decisions. Like you just, unless you have a crystal ball, you just don't know. So it's 2003, 2004. Eight years prior, Brett and I had started Powder Blue Productions. That was the company that we created, the fitness company that we created. It was a certification company. We certified fitness instructors all across the United States, actually, all across the world you know, we had these programs that were in health clubs and all these instructors were helping their students lose weight and get in shape and do these turbo kick workouts. It was killer. And that caught the attention of infomercial companies. I know you guys have heard this before, but I don't know if you've heard the indecision that I experienced. So we had all these infomercial companies and infomercials were like fitness infomercials at that time were like huge. Infomercials now you know, you don't see as many of them. You've probably noticed that, and very few fitness infomercials. Like Piyos, one of the last fitness infomercials you're going to see on TV. But back then, it was like Tai Windsor Pilates. There was this like walking program. There was Susan Powders. Remember that? Oh my gosh, there were so many fitness infomercials at that time. And so a lot of these infomercial companies were looking for the next craze, right? And so because my program was like in all of these different health clubs for whatever reason, Turbo Kick caught the attention of quite a few infomercial companies like all at the same time. Now, the biggest one at that time was Guthy Ranker. Like every top fitness infomercial at that time, they were producing it. So they had like Tammy Lee Webb. Do you guys even remember these names? The Power Rider. I think they did the Tony Little. Remember him? <laughs> all of these like major infomercials were with Guthy Ranker. And so like that to me was that was the company I wanted to be with. And that was pretty exciting. Now, sometimes when we're trying to make a difficult decision, what's stopping us from making that difficult decision is self-doubt or like even experiences from our past. And so while I'm sharing with you some of my best tips to help you make the quick decision, you know, to become more decisive, the bottom line is like, this is a podcast and there's only so much we can do in a podcast If you really want a competitive edge, if you're really growth-minded, you've got to experience therapy, which is why I'm so excited about today's show sponsor, which is Talkspace. You can go to Talkspace.com or you can simply just go to the app store and download the Talkspace app. But make sure you use code Chalene because lifers get $100 off their first month. Well, let me explain a little bit about how Talkspace works. And I know, especially next week, we're going to talk a lot about some things that I think are going to make it perfectly obvious to you that it's time to find the right therapist. Talkspace is therapy at a fraction of the cost of you know going to see an in-person therapist, which is wonderful, but they're not always available when you need them. They're not always like you know somebody in your town who is available on Tuesday at the time that you need them. That doesn't always work. But with Talkspace, there's Thousands of therapists that specialize in the specific thing that you need help with. And again, you get $100 off your first month when you go to TalkSpace.com or you download the app, and then be sure to use code Shalene. I want to hear about your experience. Please tell me all about it. Again, that's code Shalene, TalkSpace.com, or you can download the app. But in order to get the $100 off your first month, which allows you to text them, to send them voice audios. This is the ultimate simplistic way for you to get in touch with a licensed therapist, whether it is depression, anxiety, substance abuse, self-harm, trauma, anger management, you're having issues with your spouse, whatever it is, food issues, eating disorders, etc. Talkspace has a licensed therapist for you. So check it out. Talkspace.com. Use code Chalene for $100 off your first month. And there were a bunch of other ones too, like Kingstar or World, And there was the company that was doing Taibo. So there were all these companies and there was this little company that was just starting up called Beachbody. And so I had offers from all of them. I also had the opportunity to meet with each one of these companies, right? Like and see the executives or the professionals or the producers that I would be working with. And when I met with John and Carl Deichler of Beachbody, I was like, I just fell in love with them. I loved their personalities. I loved their sense of humor. I loved their mission statement, like all these things. But they were really new. And Gothi Rancor was like huge. Like their building was so impressive. Like just all of it felt like, wow, this is big time. And their offer was much bigger, the Guthrie Ranker offer, right? So here I am like, oh my gosh, I wish I had a crystal ball. It was really between these two companies, the smaller company with the smaller offer, the bigger company with the bigger offer. And you think, you would think that that would be an easy decision for me, but it wasn't because I was really very drawn. Like My intuition told me that I should go with the smaller company because of the heart of Carl Deichler. And it just really, really pulled at me. And I remember feeling so much indecision. I remember going like, I don't know what decision to make here because it feels like there's a lot more money and opportunity with this bigger company. But yet I just feel so at home with the folks at Beachbody. So I called my agent at the time. That was Ben Gage. Ben Gage had negotiated the contract for Tammy Lee Webb for quite a few of the infomercials for Tony Robbins, like he was the dude, he knew everything. And so he wasn't gonna help me make that decision. He wasn't gonna make that decision for me, but he did help me make the decision by sharing with me from his personal experience how each one of these companies would be different. Now, he wasn't telling me pros and cons. He was just saying, here's how it will likely be working with Guthrie Ranker and here's what you can expect, likely working with Beachbody. And so based on what he shared with me, I was then able to, from that inside information, like firsthand experience research from someone who's been there, I was able to put things in the pros and cons side, right? And I remember like the street I was driving on, I kept like driving around the block and driving around the block and I was on the phone with Ben and I was like, just make this decision for me. Just tell me which one to go with. And he's like, I can't. That is your decision. But you've got to ask yourself, what's important to you? And based on what I've told you is likely to be your experience with each one of these companies, what is most important to you? And so based on what he shared with me, I was able to make that list of pros and cons. And I knew what was most important to me was someone, the company who understood the program, the company that would give me the most amount of control. And that control piece and someone who like really could see my vision that was the biggest positive of all, and he just didn't think that I would have that experience at Guthrie Ranker, and I knew that too because my meetings with Guthrie Ranker and they were great, but I could already tell in those meetings that they had like a very different vision for what Turbo Kick should be. Like They were suggesting it should be a combination of kickboxing, Pilates, and like Turbo Kick and Piyo combined. I'm like, it don't work that way. Like, no. Mm-mm. They're totally two different things, two different vibes. That won't work. Just by having enough research, enough information and relying on my gut instinct, I'm relying on what like my intuition, my gut instinct was telling me about the people involved. I was able to make the right decision, like the best decision of my life. I mean, I don't know where I would be today if I had gone with the bigger offer, the bigger money, the bigger company. I... Put that aside and went with my gut instinct. I went with my gut instinct on the people that were involved, and it was the, probably one of the best decisions of my life other than the fact that I married the guy that I married. That was also a really good decision. I mean, I've made a lot of great decisions, but they all start with that same process. It, we can never know with 100 percent certainty when we're struggling with a decision that it's going to be the right decision. At a certain point, you just have to pull the trigger and trust yourself. Even though I didn't have a crystal ball, I was able to make the right decision. And that leads me to my next point, which is you've got to go with your gut instinct. And I know we've been talking about, you know, me ignoring my gut instinct in a recent situation. You can go back and listen to that episode about my plastic surgery nightmare. If you haven't listened to that one, you definitely should because there's a big lesson to be learned there. But, you know, I have to deal with the responsibility of making the wrong decision. And in that experience, Had I made, on paper, a list of pros and cons, I wouldn't have made the decision that I ended up making. If, in fact, I had done a lot more research, I wouldn't have made the decision that I ended up making. If I had thought through the worst possible case scenario, I wouldn't have made the wrong decision. If I had asked myself what matters most in this situation, I wouldn't have made the decision that I made. Okay. Last two tips when it comes to being decisive. They are get advice. Go to someone who you really trust. You know that they're going to give good advice. Don't go to the person who you know. They're just going to agree with what you want. Go to someone who you truly value their opinion and they have an opinion. They're not afraid to express it. A wise advisor and, and ask for their advice in the situation, which doesn't mean that it's the end-all be-all doesn't mean you have to take their advice, but it's certainly worth listening to it. Okay. And then also take a look at your list on paper of your pros and cons and circle the pro that matters the most to you, right? Like in all of these difficult decisions where I felt some indecision, what helped me to be decisive was asking myself what matters most. Like when I was making that career choice to not go to law school. I had asked myself like what matters most, and I kept thinking about my future family. I kept looking at the, you know, attorneys in the firm that I worked with who had kids, who I knew they weren't going to their baseball games, who I knew they weren't home with those kids and I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I am saying that I had a vision for what I wanted my life to look like as a mother and it didn't involve having to ask someone for time off or feeling guilt or feeling responsible to someone maybe who I was representing in a lawsuit. And, you know, I'm their attorney and they've got so much riding on it. And then at the same time, feeling the tug and pull of feeling responsible to a child. and, And I just, I wanted to simplify that. And so for me, what mattered most was being in control of my own destiny. When it came down to the decision I had to make with regards to our infomercial company, whether it was Guthy Ranker or Beachbody, what mattered most was having some creative control. Like that mattered more than anything. And I knew that, you know, the CEO of Beachbody, I knew that he was going to give me full creative control. And that mattered more to me than the deal, than the money. So ask yourself what matters most when you're making this decision. But if it's at all possible, try to narrow your decisions down to two choices. And I try to keep this rule in mind whenever I'm working with an expert. So for example, if I'm working with a decorator or a web designer or a branding expert, I will tell them specifically, don't bring me five choices, bring me your top two. Now that puts the pressure on them to come with the best two choices. So, in other words, I'm asking them to be decisive in essence, so it's easier for me to be decisive. Okay, last tip. Did I already say last tip? But this is the last, last, last tip, I swear. And it's this anything that you struggle to be good at, you're not going to be good at it until you do it a lot. Like you need 10,000 hours, you need a lot of experience. So, if right now you don't feel like you're great at being decisive, then you need to practice and start small. It means when your significant other says, hey, what do you feel like for dinner? I want you to hear that question and say, this is an opportunity for me to practice being decisive. So rather than saying, I don't care, what do you feel like? No, pick something, make a choice, practice making decisions, practice with small things, then you move on to bigger things, Go ahead and make some decisions where you realize like I might be making the wrong decision and just recognize it. you're gonna live. Everything's gonna be okay. The one thing that will happen even if you make the wrong decision is it will boost your confidence. You will realize that even by making the wrong decision, you learn from it, you lived, it's no big deal, you survived and that gives you the confidence to make the next decision knowing that even if it's the wrong decision, You're going to live. You're going to survive. But the worst thing you can do is stay paralyzed by indecision. When we are indecisive, our life is frozen. We don't move. We don't progress. We don't grow. We stay stuck. You don't want to stay stuck where you are. You've got so much more to live for, so much more to do, like so many cool things that are going to happen for you, but they're not going to happen if you're afraid to make decisions. They aren't going to happen if you're afraid to make mistakes. Mistakes are no big deal. Mistakes are the things that winners make. Did you hear that? If you want to be a winner, if you want to succeed, you got to get comfortable with making mistakes and realizing I can fix this. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. It's not that big of a deal. It really isn't. Six minutes, six weeks, six months from now, you won't even remember this moment. So move forward with confidence. You have everything you need to make the best decision. It might not be the right decision, but it will be the best decision for you in this moment. I love you. I mean it. So thanks for sharing this episode. You can just click that little share button regardless of what podcast episode or podcast platform you're listening to this on. Just hit the share button, text this episode to a friend and say, I think you should listen to this. I think you should subscribe to The Shaleen Show. I love it. I think you will too. It helps us. It helps spread the word. I appreciate you so much when you leave reviews for the show. And I want to invite those of you who are regular listeners and subscribers to join the pod squad. It's where we all hang out. It's where the cool people go to talk about the latest episodes and what's going on and what you'd like to hear next. To join the pod squad, just click below in our show notes. I've got a little link down there where you can join. You can always send me a, a message, by the way. There's a text message number below too where you can send me a text message or you can record me a voicemail message. Got some really cool episodes coming up for you guys next week about anxiety and what's going on with Gen Z, Gen Y, the millennials, our teens, like there's some crazy stuff going on. And I think you are going to find those episodes really fascinating. We've got parents who've called in talking and sharing their own experiences with self-harm and suicide and anxiety and social media. And I just want you to know, you are not alone. A lot of parents struggling with this right now. So I think next week is gonna be kind of deep. So trigger warning in advance, but it's gonna be good because of you. All right, guys, I love you. Talk to you on Friday.